0: I'll drink to that, where we get behind the scenes of the beverage business. I'm Levy Dalton.
1: I'm Erin Scala.
0: And here's our show today.
1: Standing sentinel along the Rhône River, the Hill of Hermitage rises up in a crook of the river's path. The wines of Hermitage have been on the radar of royal European courts for centuries, and their popularity dates back to Roman times. You'll even find some vestiges of ancient Roman winemaking in the vinpai, or straw wine, a sweet wine made from dried grapes. You'll also find marsan Roussan blends, and you'll find some haunting Syrahs usually grown around a 13th century Knight's Refuge, or Hermitage, from where the region takes its name. Hermitage faces some modern challenges. The land prices are high, and the wines don't sell for prices that correspond to land and labor costs. So because from the business side of things, Hermitage wines don't really translate into easy money, here you really find people who've poured their hearts and souls into the production of the wines. And because Ermitage is tiny, just shy of one and a half kilometers squared, you can really get to know the handful of key players who are continuing the long tradition of Ermitage winemaking. In a way, the producers here are stewards of Syrah. This is likely the birthplace of Syrah, after all. And its unique expressiveness on these hills is extraordinary. One of the interesting things you'll find with most Hermitage is that people aren't focusing on single vineyard wines. Most producers are trying to express the whole hillside and work hard to blend their vineyard holdings into a complex blend of the different qualities of Syrah. This philosophic approach is interesting, and it makes you think about all the other regions that use blending to their advantage, such as some champagne producers, Bordeaux, and Sherry. But when talking about Hermitage blends, it's almost laughable, because we're talking about, especially with the Reds, blending Syrah from one location, with Syrah from another location that's just a stone's throw away. And yet this mentality of blending across vineyards, this extreme attention to subtlety, is what gives the great hermitages their uniqueness and power. Keep listening to hear more from one producer whose family has continuously been in the wine business since the 1400s.
0: One of the first things I learned doing harvest in California is where to buy wine, and that is Bottle Barn. Classic wines, natural wines, cult wines, up-and-coming producers, excellent vintages, hard-to-source bottles, and daily drinkers. Bottle Barn has them all, and Bottle Barn has them all for great prices. Honestly, I I really don't know how they do it. I've seen pricing from Bottle Barn for some fancy wines that is several hundred dollars less than I would have expected. And I've also seen wines for under 30 bucks that I would have expected to have been significantly more than that. Plus, when I get my wine, it's in perfect condition. That's why I do what all the best winemakers in California do. I shop at Bottle Barn. Try for yourself. Use the promo code VINO15 for 15% off your first order at BottleBarn.com. That's V-I-N-O-1-5 for 15% off your first order at BottleBarn.com. Jean-Louis Chauve of Domaine Jean-Louis Chauve on the show today. Hello, sir. How are you? Very well. Thank you. Very nice to see you. So you were born in 68 and your dad started working at the winery right about that same time, right? I
2: think he started in um, 60, I will say 65, right after the uh, Algerian episode. He got back and started to work with my uh,
0: grandfather. And so it was kind of a beginning for both of you in a way. You were born and he was at the winery. Yeah, that's right. And especially I was born in a catastrophic year, 68.
2: I mean, that's one of the few years at the Domain we haven't produced uh, any wines. So I guess, uh, yeah, the sun, but no, no wines to go uh, alone.
0: Why no 68? Was it hail? Just bad, like
2: a lot of rain. A lot of rain. The vineyards was, we can say flooded because on, on the hills, but it's like um, so much rain and uh, the grapes couldn't uh, handle that much rain. And so your grandfather was still alive at that time? Yeah, yeah, so he was still around. What was he like? His passion, so for sure wine, but more I will say like farming and gardening. I had big gardens uh, for vegetables. Um, he made ton of vegetables for the family and for like other families in the village. Yeah, he was very... Um, close to this uh, idea of uh, nature, of, of the garden.
0: Did you spend a lot of time with him as a kid?
2: I spent a lot of time in, uh, with him as the kid in the garden. My dad has never been a garden guy. So I actually, uh, no, I have great memories from that time uh, spending time in, in the garden. Because he had the same name as you. The same name, yeah, exactly. So, so I'm the 16th generation and it's been like Jean-Louis or Jean-Louis, the only exception was my dad, uh, Gérard. Just because, I guess my, uh, it's what he said, but I believe it is my grandmother was kind of fed up with this uh, tradition. Uh, She had to change. You know, she was married to Jean-Louis. We had like so many Jean, some Louis, some, uh, so she completely changed to uh, Gérard. So that, that was a big, uh, big change. Yeah so actually my my father is the first one who never had his first name on the label because the wine has always been called Jean-Louis Chave. So even for me I'm Jean-Louis but sometimes people when they met me uh, they thought I was much older because uh, because the wine was uh, I had my my name on the label before before I existed actually.
0: What was mauve like at that time?
2: Mauve was um And still is. It's a little uh, village. There were uh, farms. The big thing at the time for farmers was uh, apricots. And wines, not that much. Actually, that's a story of our family because we lived in Mauve, but we owned Hermitage, which is like uh, six kilometers away from Mauve. Mauve wasn't really a wine village. Uh, People were making wines, but more like... For their own uh, consumption, or um, fruit was the big deal at the time. I spent a lot of time, um, I will say, nature. Uh, that was days when, uh, when as a kid, for sure, there were no much TV or playing with uh, video games or whatever. So we were outside all the time, all the time, playing outside in the gardens, as I said, but um, walking alone even alone on up on the hills and um, i knew all um, the nature around
0: our place because these days you sort of reclaim some of those same areas to do vineyards
2: we have our family house where everything started which is not in move it's about 12 15 kilometers away up on the hills in a different village called Lens. so that's our family family place so the chave we're starting with 1481 because that's when uh, the local knight gave us this place. So actually, the place itself, like on the map, is named uh, Chave. That's the name of the Lodi. So as a kid, I, I spent a lot of time up there uh, because we were not going away for a vacation. So our vacation was, uh, at the time, was going to this house, like on the weekends but also like summer vacation because my my dad had to work so i could go there just with my mom and i spent a lot of time like like uh, yeah yeah on, on these hills on these hills which got abandoned because of phylloxera in the 1800s and um where nature really took over so everything had disappeared for sure they're like they're still now some Few wild vines climbing up the trees that, in some way, resisted to uh, phylloxera. But uh, everything was overground uh, with trees and bushes. And uh, but I was uh, very fascinated by these old walls, and um, they were just beautiful with this staircase and and um, and the little uh, uh, sheds built at the time by the vigneron. I could find like so many like little tools and uh, that was a great I will say adventure and uh, it just happened that I got passionate about these places and i I could do it i um, I replanted these places but for it takes forever but um, I think it's going back to the to the past and my uh, my dream was to make a wine to uh, to really express the the place this place that I like so much
0: because as a kid, I, I think if I found old walls and old stone houses with tools, I would think it was like a magic world. Oh, totally.
2: The, the lost city, you know. Uh, yeah, that was totally magic,
0: yeah. And so you've actually gone back in and rebuilt walls and, and re yeah, we Yeah, the...
2: um, We had to rebuild the walls because what's amazing is like we know in these places, we know when the vineyards got abandoned, But we had no idea, we don't know when these vineyards got planted. Actually, as I told you, like the first land we had in the family, this land was given by uh, the local knights, but they were uh, vineyards at the time. So we received at the time, we don't receive just the land, we receive vineyards. So they were vineyards before us. And then our, our story started. So all the way back to 1481 it's vineyards and it was vineyard before that but when who planted these vineyards i have no idea so you can always imagine some people say the romans are really the one who started to develop the vineyards along the rhone on uh, the side of the rhone for sure they were they built a lot you know they were building roads they were building bridges uh, when they were not fighting, they were like building things. So probably they're the one who started. But who knows? Like, uh, before the Romans, they were um, the Gaulois. So maybe they're, they're the one who started. So anyway, we had no idea. We don't know when these places were built for, um, to produce, uh, to produce uh, wine. We know when everything stopped. And this with phylloxera in 1865, around that time.
0: So, would it have been Syrah that was planted there at that time? It was definitely it was Syrah.
2: Maybe not only Syrah, but we have some we can find in the forest, like climbing up the trees, some vines, some wild vines. Uh, so, before phylloxera actually, there are Syrah. So that's something we know because. Um, when I started, I even got some cuttings from these vines to try to reproduce these um, these vines. They barely carry any fruits because they lost. You know, the, the vines, like, forever, they are pruned by man. Otherwise, they get wild, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a plant that needs the man to take care of and to being pruned back and to, to be farmed, uh, and these vines, because they haven't been farmed for for years, um, so it's very difficult for to bring them back to producing any grapes but um, but yeah I've, I have few vines with these grapes, some grapes
0: I feel like in many ways, your dad, when you got started in the early '90s, he kind of allowed you the space to explore San Josef under your own kind of prerogative where he had focused more on the Hermitage.
2: Yeah, I think back then, you know, like for my dad, um, I mean, it's not that far away that's long ago, but, um, but things have completely changed in the sixties, seventies, and even part of the eighties. Um, it wasn't easy to, um, to make a living making wine, like when before I talk about the apricots, I mean, back then, a kilogram of apricot worth more money than a liter of wine and how easy it was to farm compared to uh, farming vineyards up on the hills. Times were tough. um, It was tough because the economy for wine wasn't good and finding people at the time to walk in the vineyard was almost impossible because that's when at that time the um, the progress the social progress was about walking in the industry walking with uh, by hand up on the hill was nonsense because the future obviously was to walk uh, behind a machine in a factory that was the social um, progress, not to work the way people worked for, forever. So we had, uh, the market for wines was difficult and, and no one to, um, to farm.
0: People like didn't that, want to be peasants. Exactly. That's
2: the term, being peasants. We could have in the family bought so much more land uh I still have the paper and uh, the price of the that people propose their land for in the hermitage but um my father and grandfather they didn't they have bought i'm I'm very lucky because they for sure they've bought some vineyards but but not they could have bought so much more for like nothing um and some people didn't at the time, didn't want to work for us because we were known for this famous hillside called the Bessar in, in Hermitage. And uh, farming the Bessar in the 60s and 70s was the few people who wanted to stay in the agriculture instead of going to the industry. They, they preferred to work for a different producer because he, he had uh, no Bessar to, to farm. So uh, um, that's something I can't forget. That's very important to keep in mind. So now I'm reclaiming, as we said, all this amazing vineyard of Saint Joseph, but um, everything is like, could be stopped because it's it's very fragile in, 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 a, in a way because it all depends on people. To form a hillside, we need, for one hectare of vine, we need... Uh, one and a half people. When you use a tractor, you can easily farm twelve hectares. One person, twelve hectares. So, um, so for sure, we need the economy to to be good to make at least money um, selling the wines. But it's not it's not enough. We we need to uh, to find the right people and to um, to consider. These people, we need to, um, to start a whole culture about farming vines on the hillside, like um, like building a team and bring the motivation. Um, that's a bit, big part of my job, actually. Just like being a coach, you know, where you have this team and, and because it's hard and it's fine if they are proud of what they're doing. So for sure, you, you have people who come with passion, and because i think you can be um passionate about farming with this kind of farming the hills but the passion is difficult to keep up because after like uh, you know when you plow by hand and and uh, again and over and over uh, your passion might be gone easily so um so yeah that's that's uh, that stuff this is very specific this hillside i think I don't think even the best vignerons in different regions they can't imagine um, what it is to farm on a hillside to plow the same way that you plow a garden again and again um, when you spray everything is sprayed by a, you know with a little bag, bag uh pack that you have to carry that it's um, it's very difficult and and for sure after time you know like you could be Having the energy when you're young, in the twenties, thirties, but then when you get in the fifty and sixty, then it's very difficult,
0: very, very difficult. Did you see that evolution with your dad in terms of when you were a kid? He was just oh kind of getting started. I see started. this
2: evolution with myself.
0: Yeah, um,
2: because um, for sure I have the passion, but like, like uh, being in these vineyards, like in a in the summertime at like five in the morning, with... To spray your vineyards with like uh, 25 kilos on your back and and, uh, you need to be six people, you start at 5 in the morning, you will be done at uh, 11.30 just to spray three hectares. With a tractor, you can spray I don't know how many hectares in in one hour. So it's it's very big involvement.
0: But the Bessar is really the the backbone of... The, oh, the
2: Bessar, yeah, I will say all the outside because it's not because it's on the hill that is the best wine uh, because it's very complex. You have like, like good vineyards which are easier to form. But, uh, but for sure, the Bessar is uh, the backbone of Hermitage. It's impossible to think of a great Hermitage without the Bessar. You will have good Hermitage, but you won't have the best Hermitage if you don't have the Bessar. And the Bessar itself um, might not be the best hermitage, you, you know, because there is this, um, this uh, philosophy of blending. So we need to bring something to the Bessar. We need to add something to the Bessar. Um, so, but it's so, so important.
0: Because it's a granite.
2: It's because of the granite. Yeah, it gives the bones, you know, uh, yeah, the backbone. So at the same time, he's he's not a flashy wine. He's um, pretty discreet, but he's here and he will be there for forever. You know, it's important when the wine is young, It will be so important when the wine is um, old. But in a young Bessar, you will never be impressed. like, Like you could be impressed with a Meal, for example, where it will be very like jammy, flashy, like this idea of being a big wine, the Bessar is not a big wine. It's a, is very well defined, has a great tightness to it. Doesn't have more flesh, but he has these bones, and it's important for what he gives in the blend, for the structure of the wine. But he's also important. He brings some. Uh, spirit, you know, some uh, soul, I will say, in, uh, in the plant.
0: So uh, it's very important
2: wine, for sure.
0: And there's multiple parts, the Bessar.
2: Yeah, there are multiple parts because it's a hillside. So, so we start from the bottom to the top. The bottom is about uh, at 125 meters, and we go all the way up to 260 meters, maybe. The bottom part, the first, I will say, third of the hill is granite, but it's been influenced by a bit of clay, just been pushed probably up on the hills by the glacier, by the river. So it's kind of a mixed, it's still like granite, but as a bit of clay. And the more you go up on the Bessar, the more the soil gets shallow and the more the rocks uh, sticks up. So... It's pure granite and the soils are not deep. So um, in some years, for sure when we have enough grapes, because sometimes the production might be too small, but um, when we can, we make like two besaos. We make one with the lowest grapes coming from the lowest part, which are usually, you still have the bone, but you have the flesh around the bones. And then we make a cuvee from the top part, which is very lean and tight. So, but that's also depends on the vintage because like when you have like a vintage with more humidity, more rain, the top part will be probably the most interesting wine because the drainage is so good because the top part of the Bessar, even if you have like a lot of water just before harvest, in a day, everything's dry. But in a dry year, the top part might suffer from drought, you, you know, uh, be stressed, water stressed. And uh, the part down below won't be as stressed because of the clay that keeps the humidity. So that's a diversity of, uh, of Bessar.
0: And you have a little bit of white grapes planted in the Bessar.
2: We have a bit of white grape that we planted long time ago because the vines are very old. Uh, it's always difficult to tell the exact age, but uh, at least, you know, like the oldest are 100 uh, years old and maybe more. There are a few wine grapes. They were planted there to be um, mixed with the reds during the ferments because just as I, as I told you on granite, the tannins might have an age to them. So a bit of white softened a bit the tannins. So we need, in some years, we just need a bit. But it's not that much. It's maybe 5% in the fermenters, not that much. But just enough to give some, a bit of flesh in the wine, more finesse.
0: The 95% of it's also raw. Yes. Oh, yeah. And then how does Bessar differ to La Miel? I mean, it sounds like the opposite.
2: The Bessar is totally the opposite of Miel. I mean, that's the unique. I think it's like... It's only in Hermitage that you have, like, it's more than, than difference. It's, it's like totally the opposite because Bessar, Bessar is, as I said, is granite, which is a acidic soil. The Meal is the moraine from the glacier on limestone, so which is a very basic soil as a pH of 8.5. Uh, the Bessar will have a pH of barely like six and a half, seven. Which is actually good because on Saint-Joseph, the granite, if you are the granite of Saint-Joseph, sometimes are very acidic, you know, with 5.5 pH. So the Bessar is special to be acidic, but not that acid. That's an interesting part, actually. Some people believe that vines, after years and after years, built their own soil, actually, and they kind of changed a bit, I would say, the nature of the soil. But still, I mean, there's a big difference between the Bessar and the Meal. Just by looking at the soil is obvious. The, on one side, you have this crush uh, rocks and uh, in the Bessar, and the Meal will be these um, smaller pebbles that were pushed by the glaciers against the the, the Bessar, actually. Um, very different. The, even the color of the vines are different. On Bessar, you will always have a green, a dark green. On the Meal, you will have like a pale yellow green, just because the uptake of uh, iron is much more difficult on a higher pH soil. So, di- very different profile. And for showing the wine on one side, with the Bessar, you will have the tight tannins, uh, and the Meal, you will have the softness and the ripeness of the tannins. But the beauty, and this is what, why Hermitage, it's an amazing place, is like, as I said with the Bessar, even is extreme, uh, it's never extreme at the end. I mean, it's like the Bessar will will... Like, it's why I love Saint-Joseph, because of granite. But in the granite of Saint-Joseph, as I said, it will be acidic. And the wines might be very lean and tight and more like, kind of you will have the bones without the flesh. But in the Bessar, you have the bone, but enough flesh around the bones. And in the Meal, the same thing is like, if you just have like a normal clay that you will have in, Rose, Hermitage, the wines will be fleshy without brightness they will be too much but in a Méale, even if you have the flesh you have some uh, tightness though you have some uh, some acidity that's given by the limestone so even even if they're like like very different they have things in common that compensate their profile.
0: There's a way that limestone and granite have some sort of connection in terms exactly. of definition. But, but being opposite. Opposite.
2: Now we talk about minerality That's I'm very careful to use because we use it for everything. But it's, a, it's, it's great uh, to think of minerality because there are things you can't explain, like from a chemical point of view. You could have filled some acidity in a wine without having acidity in that wine. If you if you go to a lab, they will say, it's no acidity, but you fill something bright and you say, okay, see, it's the soil. Okay, so that might be the minerality we're talking about. And actually, you do have minerality in granite, and you do have minerality thanks to the limestone. So very extreme, like indifference. But 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 then you have this showing. It's actually what we call the terroir, and the the grand terroir is is where uh, things are still balanced, naturally balanced. But then in Hermitage, we go, we blend to add some complexity. But um, I think this terroir is amazing because we blend for adding complexity, but each element is already pretty well balanced.
0: So, but you make them into separate batches. It's not that you do a co-ferment. So you make a meal and you make a bessar, and then you blend them.
2: Yeah, we make um, so we make seven different wines from seven different soils for the red. Everything is fermented on its own. It's not the same techniques. It's not the same, uh, I will say, process. Yeah, you know, like we won't try to like the Pelear, which is a great place for finesse, beautiful wines, very, very, very elegant, very unique. Um, we will never try to extract, to push the extraction on Pelear because it's not in its own nature. So um after ferment, the wine will stay in the fermenters um, a shorter period of time. It will be racked off, like sooner than the Bessar, where we know that we can extract even more for a longer time, because that's what the place is about. So everything is vinified separately and then is raised separately, is in bowels for um, up to almost three years, but but sometimes a Pelea Will be moved away from the barrels into uh, bigger ovals, of foudre, and because we don't want to dry out the tannins, because but then we'll keep like a boom uh, longer because that's more part of his um, of his nature, the same. So, and then we blend. But blending doesn't mean to put everything together. It means like what Hermitage is about, how much Bessar I need, how much Pelea, how much bom? how much Lermit we need in our blend. So that's something we um, we need to define and something that is totally different from one vintage to the other. So for sure, as I said, the Bessar is always important, but we never start with the Bessar because if you start with the Bessar, we'll lose the Bessar in the blend. So so we, we try to build something on the side and then we'll see how much how the Bissau will interact with with the rest.
0: So if you are fermenting Syrah that came from granite and you're fermenting separately Syrah that came from clay and limestone, how does the Syrah behave differently? Does it, for instance, take longer to ferment or to go through mallow in one of those instances?
2: That's difficult to say. I think. I think there are some difference because I, um, there are some difference because when we talk about terroir, it's it's a whole picture. So the yeast is why it's very important. When we talk being organic, it's it's, it's, it's so so important for me, so many different reasons. But um, it's obvious that you, you can't talk about the terroir if you're not organic, because being organic is you want the roots to go as deep as possible in the soil, to express the soil. And that's the only way to achieve this, um, to force the roots to go down is by farming. If you don't farm, the roots, they, they stay on top in the easiest part of the soil. And they won't go down to the mother rock. But being organic is very important for the natural yeast because the natural yeast... From the bessard, different than the natural yeast from the l'ermite or they might be the same yeast, but not at the same uh, proportion. You, you know, the so the fermentation will be carried on by different yeast. Is why the ferments will be uh, will be different. Do you find a different level
0: of vegetation on the vine in those different parcels? Oh
2: yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Because um, the vines will react totally different uh, differently. On clay, there will be more like uh, there's much more power in in the plant. On granite, is uh, the vines are um, they they have to they struggle all the time because the the granite is a pretty poor soil. But the vines will struggle, but will live forever as long as the roots will go down through the cracks of the granite, and actually, the roots will make they will make their own way in the granite and built around like will change the structure of the soil and and as i said before will build his own soil and um, even if they will suffer a bit from drought in the dry years they do so well though they do so well because they have
0: they find their way in so that's also part of the terroir so when you plan on granite versus planting on clay and limestone, do you do different vine spacing? Is it like meter by meter? No.
2: No, it's about the same, but we use a different rootstock, for example.
0: Some uh, are more limestone friendly. Yeah, some.
2: exactly. So the rootstock are different. First, we have all vines that we try to maintain. We have our own like selection, selection massal, and we give like... Either we graft ourselves, or we have we use a, a nursery that's really, really like they're really doing very good job by being, um, I would say, very precise. And uh, but otherwise, all this nursery we are so commercial, and producing so many uh, so many vines. So the quality wasn't there, and the problem you realize that the quality was bad after like uh, 15, 20 years when you the vineyards start to uh,
0: Disappear, so you really you lose out on that chance to have old vines if you're planting Ah, that material.
2: It's why to have old vines, you need to put a lot of energy in in the vines you put in the ground to make sure it's the best. I mean, it's stupid. I mean, you don't care if it costs like I will say one euro, five euro. I mean, it's like it's nothing compared to to what it is. Um, after like what it could be after like uh, fifty years, is why more and more we go back to uh, grafting um, in the field, because we um, notice that the old vines we have were are grafted in the field, um, and uh, maybe that's where we'll get the best results. But we're very careful to when we plant vineyards to follow the the roots, how the roots will develop in the soil. We Try to to understand what, what's happening underground. Actually, when you when it's already grafted, very fast you have a conflict between the root and the fruit, because the vines want to establish its roots, but at the same time start to carry fruit. When you graft rootstock, it doesn't have to care about its fruit, so it only has to care about its roots, and when the roots are well established, then you graft. And uh, yeah, there are so many advantages because the, the root stock, you don't need to spray for disease. So, so young vines, like when you have the already grafted, um, the vines conflict between roots and fruit, but then also you have to um, to spray because you can't afford that. The vines uh, uh, have disease. So the disease like reduce the vigor of the vine so if you
0: plant rootstock, it's like it's not a problem. So it's roots, roots, roots. So you plant rootstock, you give it a couple of years, and then you go through and graft. Yeah, draft. that's
2: that's the best. Yeah.
0: And your dad actually purchased a key parcel of meat in the '80s, right?
2: Yeah, in '82. Yeah, that that was uh, great for us because he bought a domain called Domaine de L'Hermite, which was a domain with owing uh, parcels in different places in Hermitage They had some of the bessard, they had some of the Meal, they had Pelléa, they had some of the Rucoule, they had Maison Blanche, and they had L'Hermite. So um, we already had at the time like like pieces in these places, not in L'Hermite. So L'Hermite was really added in our blend. But uh, we uh, expanded uh, the size of this parcel in each lieu of Hermitage. And when you deal with Lermit, what's that like? L'Hermit is very interesting because Lermit is in... Uh, before we talk about Bessar and Meal, Lermit is just in between. L'Hermit is has some granite, but it's not pure granite. Lermit has granite and some clay. So... So l'hermite by itself is already like like a little blend, it's a different balance. It's very interesting like l'hermite could really be, depending on the vintage, very be important in the blend because it already, has already it, its own balance, I will say. So um, actually when we make this uh, Catlin, it's uh, when Lermit is strong. Because when Lhermite is strong, you can use a bit less of the Bessar in the blend. And the Bessar is very important in the Catlin. So that's, that's the key. But, but uh, when uh, Lermit is not that strong, you really need some Bessar to compensate. You, you know, So it's already in between. Lhermite is, is in between. It's a good... Uh when I say in between because it has the power and, and it has the the flesh to around it. Uh the only drawback maybe of Larmite is um is higher up on the hill. So you have years which are very specific, like vintages which are very specific for Larmite. So you need like a long growing season, like well, to make a very good Lhermite, you need like to really be able to push the grapes and be harvested late. That's what we like at Lhermite. If you harvest too early because you're forced to harvest early because the weather is, is not stable, um, it doesn't fit to Lhermite. It's usually the last vineyard we harvest. What's the first Lemia? The first will be Pelléa. Uh, because again Pelea, it's um it 's on sand, and we achieve a ripeness very early and what makes Pelea is um is the fruit and this quality of the fruit is is like a, it's almost um is a cherry but but it's not black cherry yet you know it has some red f- red uh, fruit to it and uh, we don't want to uh, harvest it too if it's too ripe, it's, it, it needs to, uh, to be just ripe enough. Uh, so that's the first, um, the first vineyard we, we pick, we harvest.
0: So when you add a parcel of Syrah that was grown on sand to ones that were granite and limestone and clay, does that give more aromatic prettiness? The sand is, um, it's, it makes very pretty. I mean,
2: like sometimes we say um, Hermitage Pinot, you know, and um, that's the Pelea. The Pelea might uh, taste like um, like a Pinot Noir, like very fine, very, very elegant. And that's very specific to, uh, to this place.
0: But like probably less with the length on the palate. Exactly,
2: yeah. So the Pelea, I don't think it will be possible to make a Hermitage just with Pelea, except that. For young wines, it will be the best Hermitage you ever had, like young, young Hermitage. Uh, that's, that's a fantasy, actually, but it's, it, it's so good when it's young. So, um, so usually it's used in the blend for, for the, first, the first fruit. It's not the fruit that will, will hold over time, but it he, he will give so much finesse as a young wine.
0: So let me ask you, when you have Syrah and it's on these kind of different soils, do you find that the sulfur addition is different? Do you find that what's necessary is less or more?
2: Yeah, I mean, sulfur addition, yeah, you have to consider the the acidity and the pH. And so that might give you some information to not to apply the same SO2 everywhere. We... um, for sure we send, well, we, we do the SO2 ourselves at the winery, but, um, but I mean we don't sulfur a wine because of the analysis. At the same time, tasting is very important or, or leaving a, a wine in a glass in a, like overnight to, to see how the wines will evolve. Um, it's not necessary to add SO2 to a wine that doesn't need to. And, uh, and depending on the wine, it, it could be very different. Uh, you have wines, they need some SO2. And when I say they need, it's like even SO2 might make them better. But you have wines that SO2 will kill the wine. They, they will take everything away from the wine. So, um, so you can apply the, that's difficult to say because it's like, it's uh, almost a feeling that's something you you uh, by experience by tasting you you, you know is why having the the analysis is is like it's one information but actually uh, that's an information i don't really want to know of some some people have in the cellar for sure but but um, it's is really by tasting
0: and are you getting the most reduction off granite
2: i will say yes I will say yes. I will say we get more reduction from from granite, but is again it's not the beauty of wine is like uh, you you don't have general
0: uh, rules. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah, I don't mean to. Uh... <laughs> uh,
2: it's um, it's very it's very complex the reduction problem. When you organic too, it's you tend to use uh, SO2. Um, Sulfur. uh, In in the vineyard. uh, In the vineyards, So sulfur calls for reduction. So you need to be very careful when to to use your powdery sulfur uh, in the vineyards. Because if you do it too late, this will call a reduction in the wine. That is very bad reduction, very difficult to get rid of. You know, so very, very difficult with reduction. With new oak, you will have less reduction with older oak. But you will have other problems because you will have oak in your wine. That's, that's a main problem. So uh, you always need to play with all these, um, these aspects. And typically you destem. Typically we de stem Hermitage, typically we de Yeah, correct. Um, but again, I mean, it's not, not a general rule. But it's usually de
0: so do you have notebooks or letters in the family that have been passed down from previous generations? Oh, yeah. We have all the uh, stories since 1481.
2: So each generation wrote his own uh, stories. So it's a whole family. So we in the family, we had some uh, priests also. And they were the ones to uh, re-translate because it would have been impossible to read the French for from the... Uh, 1500 so uh, we have all these uh, notes yeah that must be totally incredible that's totally incredible because um, what is incredible is you might have one generation who can like only write I don't know one page about his whole life and this page is you have all this information all the information in, in, in a page you know, now we, we saw, so like, there's so much happening in, in one's life. Um, I think you could pretty much make a good summary of your life in, in one page. And, uh, and so we have, like, um, yeah, we have all this, this uh, history.
0: So you're aware of, like, what they used to do? it's not just uh, an idea in your mind of oh i think it used to be like this but you know what they no, used no. to no no
2: we we know but but you know it's like it wasn't about the techniques it, it was about their life you know and and for sure as i said uh, wine is our life so uh, so uh, it's more like like the major like things uh, what happened in their life that changed the the family history or like uh birth of a son or yeah birth of a son like like planting a vineyard buying a vineyard so like uh you know death and and like so many uh so many
0: other uh aspects but it must be confusing to understand which john louis they're talking about
2: yeah they all numbered so, <laughs> <laughs> so they are all numbered <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, on one, John Louis was born, and on the next one, John Louis dies. Yeah. You're like, is it is the same guy? Or?
2: <laughs> no, but um yeah, it's, it's pretty clear. It's pretty
0: clear. Do you ever go back and read those just for your own? You know, now I'm very like,
2: I'm always afraid to open this, like the real one. So uh actually, we should do something about it to have them like, you know, like uh preserved. Preserved. Yeah.
0: You're afraid to touch it. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. 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 I mean, did you always know that you wanted to make wine in, in this area of the world? Or did you think at some point that you might like to do something else?
2: It's difficult to say. I think you always want to believe that you have uh, freedom and that you will can do whatever you want. But also, I think you are where you are because of where, where you come from, uh, because of your background, because of your culture and... Uh, and uh, for sure, I studied um, finance actually, so nothing to do with wine. Uh, but um, but I I think I had wine was in my in my blood. Wine wine was like, you know, that's it's totally my culture. I grew up with it. Um, that's my life. And actually, even I mean now, wine is much more about my life then uh, it's not a job it's not like a business it's it's actually now more and more business because because uh because running a a winery it's it's not like being a farmer anymore we have to um to uh we have to follow some rules we have to i mean like it's like being a small uh uh, a small business a, a small company but uh, but one is definitely our, our life. So um, so as a kid, I grew up with this idea, and, and hopefully my kids are are growing up with the same ideas. Like uh, uh, we don't talk business in the evening; we talk about wine. You know, we talk about it might be boring, but uh, that's that's the way it is. I mean, it's like uh, it's definitely our life.
0: I feel like with a family like yours, you know, 16 generations in the, in the business of being involved with wine in the same general area, you probably are quite familiar with some old vintages of your family. Mm-hmm. Were there benchmark reference points, old vintages for you that you've uh, opened up with your family? We have, uh, so many old, uh, vintages we, um,
2: because we always, my grandfather, and even before they kept enough wines to... Uh, the old vintages for us, it's not like, uh, as you said, a benchmark. It's it's more like um, like old books, you know? Like, just like you feel like opening a book and reading some chapters that you had read. Uh, you, you know, sometimes you feel like opening like a wines from the 20s or 30s just because... It just like you have so much truth in these old bottles because you say, okay, what they have done at the time. You know, what happened? It's a memory. You know, what happened in the family back then? How the wines were made? What the technology involved? What the... I don't know. There's so much information. I think this is why, for me, the old vintages are interesting. People are always like looking for the vintage you know the one that is exceptional that there might be a few but um but you are so, you might, you're so you get so much surprised by uh by the other one i will say so they're all important i think what people should should understand is like wine is much more than wine and, and the vintage, this always going for the vintage, trying to collect and to buy the best vintage is, it, it, never happened this way. You know, what is important is like, it's to believe in the place, to believe in the winemaker, to believe in the winery and it's nothing. You don't bottle things if things don't deserve to be bottled. Each vintage has something to give and something great to give. Uh, the problem with this idea of great vintages is like maybe when you will open them, it won't be the best time.
0: Even if it's the greatest, it may not be the right moment for the greatest or it may not be the right way to appreciate it.
2: Yeah, exactly. And and also f- think diversity is, is, is important. You can have like... Wines with the same profile, because it's really important to remember that wine is made to be drunk with food, and and wine should be part of the gastronomic moment. and And for that reason, you need different wines. You, you like this idea of great vintage. That for sure, um, it's you, you walk for that. You hope you will have a great vintage, but. But uh, but at the end, maybe it's not won't be the wines to match the the food of the moment. So um, so you need all this diversity, and that's the beauty actually of it. And 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 it's the same. is 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 why you can't apply because what's new now, I, I guess, for this idea of grand vin is like you have a preset uh, process to make the grand vin. So so actually, no matter what the vintage could be like, you you follow the recipe because you have some people who came out with, okay, the best recipe to make the Grand Vin. But but actually, it takes so much things away. It takes so much truth and sincerity uh, away Uh, because you should always respect the vintage and and the year, and I think that's what the the critics should understand. That's like even the lesser year could give you some amazing experience, and that actually happens to me very often. When I, when someone comes to me and I say oh, I had this vintage, which is suppos- supposedly a great vintage, I'm very stressed because I say, Wow oh, the. They, they they expect so much from this vintage. Unfortunately, they will have paid too much money for that vintage. And and if they said, Wow, it was great, okay, I feel relieved. But uh, but most of the time when someone says, Oh, I, I had this uh this particular vintage, which is not supposed to be a great vintage, right away I, I feel great because I know. That they will have a great experience with that wines and and this is what happened most of the time
0: the 68 so yeah
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that's that's a different things like <laughs> it's, it's when like like years like we had 37 68 even like 93 you know like i don't think now maybe we will make 93 actually it's what i thought for a long time and i i had a few bottle of 93, not long ago, and they were actually better than expected. But, but maybe, yeah, there are some years that, okay, you say, okay, I don't make wine because there is nothing that, I, I won't be up to the standard of the place, of the appellation. So then you make, uh, you, you don't make wine. But sometimes I think there are vintages which deserve to exist.
0: What are good examples of that?
2: In the recent one, I think 2002, uh, definitely. I think I like this idea that you should give a chance to the wine. You know, sometimes just give some chance. Like you open a bottle. Okay, but maybe, okay, maybe the, the wine needs some air. The wines need some time. Uh, okay, and then you make your ID, but but you cannot judge right away. And the food always is very important because it, you take the same wine with different food; it's 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 not the same score, you know. It's why it doesn't make much sense when you say, okay, this wine is a uh, ninety points, but it could be like a ninety-five points with this food, or it could be like a sixty points with.
0: Oysters, or yeah, yeah.
2: So it doesn't doesn't really make sense. Wine is made for food. It's very important.
0: So to speak about one of my favorite wines, you make an Hermitage Blanc, comes from four different parcels on the Hermitage hill, and mostly Marsan.
2: Yeah, so that's correct. So so Hermitage, um, there is like a specific place in Hermitage for the white. In a way, it's possible to make good red almost everywhere on Hermitage, but this great white, it's very specific. It needs to be in the Rocul, in the Pelea, one part of the Mial, that's possible, Maison Blanche, and L'Hermite. It's very, very specific. So white Hermitage is very small in production. It's, it's only like, people don't look at it this way because for sure it has the same name Hermitage red or white um, but if you think of Hermitage like as an Appellation the white Hermitage like as an Appellation will be only 35 hectares very tiny very very tiny it's also important to remember that in the old days Hermitage was more well known for the whites than for the reds the first wines to be exported, you, you know, like to have like an international reputation. Uh, this happened with the white in the Hermitage. They were shipped to Russia. We're talking about white. Always easy to tell, to remember like to the Americans that about their, um, their story with uh, Thomas uh, Jefferson, who was uh, the American ambassador in Paris around at the time around the French Revolution, and uh, he was so interested in in wine. So he, he um, and and more than wine because he, he loved the, the the culture, the history, the geography, and he talks about Hermitage. There are like five pages where he talks about Hermitage. And he finished by one sentence saying they also make red. Um, back then, the grand vin in Hermitage was the white Hermitage. But just like at the time, at this time, all the grand vins were white, the most sophisticated wines were white. Red was a bit more rustic in, in a way. The, for this idea of bourgeoisie, De Grand vin, they were white. So um, that's the story of white Hermitage.
0: Do you think that that partly is because some of the red went to Bordeaux for blending?
2: Okay, that's so true. That's that's more recent in our history because when I talk about Jefferson or um, or the Russian market, that's before. Um, then we had this um, the British market and, and the wines, the Hermitage exported to England couldn't travel from the south to the north because they had to pay taxes crossing by all the different wine regions so they were going west through the loire to bordeaux and then they were from bordeaux they were shipped to uh, to england and then what happened is the for sure the uh, a very Famous family from Hermitage, the Calvé, which is a great name, grand great name in in Bordeaux. They started in in Hermitage actually, and um, they kind of were the one to organize this shipment to um, to Bordeaux and from Bordeaux to England. And then then what happened in Bordeaux? They started to use some Hermitage in their wines. You know, at the time the Bordeaux were the claret, pretty. Uh, Like, not so much alcohol, pretty clear wines, and the Hermitage we are used to had some power a bit. And, uh, yeah, this totally changed the whole uh, story of Hermitage, definitely.
0: Do you think that it affected how the red wines ended up being made for a while?
2: Yeah, I think this started, and also what really changed the Hermitage with the red it's definitely uh, a great house of Hermitage is Jaboulet with La Chapelle and with the famous La Chapelle 61. And, and I will say even before then 61, but, uh, but the Jaboulet is the family who really pushed uh, the idea of uh, a grand vin rouge in, in Hermitage. The Chapoutiers at the time, were, they had a brand called Chantalouette and they were famous for the white. So, you know, it's like it's what I say all the time. I think the the story in wine is not written by the winemaker, by like the domain, is it's the market that they built um, and changed the the story of a
0: region. So in many ways Hermitage became famous during your father's winemaking career. Like even though it's sixteen generations. No,
2: it's it started really with my great grandfather with uh when hermitage started to be uh, shipped to you know my great grandfather um first he bottled his his own wines before that wines was sell, sell, sell like a lot in bulk you know like uh my great grandfather started to bottle his own wine uh started to ship wines to in paris to la tour d'argent to, you know the, the great places in paris to England. Um, this is when actually things started. But uh, but but then uh, the terrible years we are um, we're right after the the war. You know the fifties. Everything collapsed because um, because that was it. I mean, um, so things came back with my dad definitely in the I will say eighty. We had the seventy eight. That's that's helped. Uh, a bit and then what really helped was the 85 but I will say all over in France but 85 and then we had 1990 and boom that was it um, but you see it's not that long ago
0: so you actually kind of saw your father become a superstar in the wine world like during your life you've watched it happen
2: yeah I don't, I don't really like this idea of superstar because I, I think it's like my father is has always been a vigneron without any other concern than being a vigneron and to live his um his passion and
0: his uh so um You don't want to tell him he's a superstar because that would make him more difficult to deal with, is what you're saying.
2: <laughs> no, but I, I don't think um all this is wrong. I think you know, this idea really changed things. You, you see, in, in the in the restaurant, I think things have changed a lot when we believe when we had made people believe that a chef could be a superstar. I think a chef is a great artisan, and and he loves what he does. Does he? He, he like he, he knows his product. He, he knows the techniques to cook his product well. And, uh, and he's an artisan, I think a vigneron is the same. I mean, he's, he's a craftsman, you know, he's, 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 a, he's a true artisan. For sure, when we made people believe that a chef could be an artist or just like a vigneron could be an artist, it's, it's totally something else. I think it's, out of, uh, it's not the point. Um, we need, um, in wine, we need to keep the truth and... Um, so it's great. I mean, that people pay so much attention to, to to the wine and to the wine producers. I mean, I can't complain. It's just amazing because that makes the history continue. So, so that's that, that's great for sure because the story continue if at the end you have people who drink wine. Uh, so, um, so it, it's why it's so important. This idea of wine and food, because I think that's the gastronomic moment. And, and, and that's what matters when people enjoy food and wine.
0: So about the white Hermitage, dealing with Marsan and Roussan and trying to express Hermitage, what's important? What works?
2: First is to consider that white Hermitage is a totally unique wine. Okay, even if for sure I will defend the fact that the Reds are unique, but then you could tell me about okay, they're great Hermitage, but they're great Cotroti. There are some um, very good Cornas, and hopefully in the future they will have some um, great Saint Joseph. Even if like like Hermitage is the Grand Cru, so but still there are some other good reds at different level, but they're other good Syrah. For the white, Marsan and Roussan, they're none. You can't compete. You can't even think of something else. It's totally unique. The quality of these grapes, of this Marsan and Roussan in, in Hermitage, it's just like, but just, just by looking at the grapes, you, you, you will understand. So it's very specific. And this is actually where, where things start. The grapes are unique, and then you will get into unique winemaking, and then you will end up with a um, unique white wine that you can' compare with, with any other wines. Uh, that's what the white hermitage is about, is, um, is wine of. Um, of power, it's, but it's a wine of texture. It's a wine of glycerol. It's the wine of fatness, richness. But, but the great white Hermitage is rich, but it's not heavy. You know, uh, that's this balance, which is very, very difficult to achieve, but, but it's possible in Hermitage. You have no acidity, you have none, but the wines will age forever. Like the uh, all the bottles of Hermitage we have in the cellar, they are white Hermitage. For the reason I told you before, it's like because the attention, the Grand Hermitage at the time was white for a lot of people. So actually the first wines bottled, put in the bottle were, uh, were the, the white Hermitage. I would say the reds came after. My great-grandfather when he was selling wines to the negociant to buy you know like one bowl of white you had to buy three bowls of red from him because the white was very special so the white hermitage is a wine that i think the only way to understand is to be gastronome if you just like want to drink a glass of wine or if you want to drink a glass of white wine to, as an aperitif to refresh your palates because you feel like drinking like, like, like a wine, it's not, white Hermitage is not for you. And there are so many other great wines for, for that. You know, when you just feel like drinking something tart, acidic, you know, cold. But uh, white Hermitage is um, it's, it's a wine for gastronomy. It's a wine for the food. But it's not the white that also you expect. It's the, what I will say, like, for a normal dinner or lunch, you, um, you have a white for the entrée. It's not the white Hermitage you need. The white Hermitage is for the main course. And I will say for the first main course, because for sure you... Uh, it's a gastronomy uh, dinner so it's you will have more than one main course you know so um that's that's the thing with white hermitage it's a white for a winter it's not a white for the summer it's a wine for for a dish so you need you need the butter you need the cream you need what we used to call the cuisine bourgeoise you know uh you need the sweetbreads you need the the poulard, you, you need the quenelle, you need uh the veal, or you need uh, the fish, but it needs to be a Saint Pierre, or it needs to be a thick fish. You know, you need the flesh. You need the truffle. You know, um, that's what you need. And why termitage need to age? So that's the other things because um, it's not easy wine to understand. But when things match, it, it will be the best experience. Uh, that you might have uh, over uh, a dinner. But, but you shouldn't like... The, the, the problem now, I mean, the problem, that's a contemporary approach of white, is, is made on acidity, on um, what we, they call minerality. It needs to be cold. It needs to be tight. It needs to be... Uh, that's not about white hermitage. White Hermitage shouldn't be too cold. The temperature is very important because if you're too cold you lose the texture, you you lose the the fat. If you're too warm, then you will have some alcohol because to have the fat, to have the glycerol, we need some ripe grapes. So the service is important. You need to carafe just before pouring in the glass. That's important too. It's all about this experience of gastronomy. That's what white Hermitage is about. And for that reason, I think it's the Grand Vin. Because it's, it's um, for um, many reasons, if perfectly fit to this idea of the, the dish.
0: I've found that with the white from Chav it can be hard to track the aging. It can be hard to understand the curve of the age, when to drink it.
2: It's very difficult for many reasons, because... Um, First of all, because uh, people don't accept aging on white. Um, they accept aging on red. They will say, okay, the, the wines is on the, uh, I don't know how you say, like arome tertiaire, you know, like the... um
0: has secondary aromas s- on a, development. A, a,
2: and- exactly. That's pretty much understood. For white, it's this problem with oxidation. Okay, so for sure when it's oxidized, it's dead. So I'm not talking about oxidation. In France, we used to call it maderisation. You know, like the madère is when you push the oxidation where it's completely like dead, actually. So when it's maderisé, okay, life is gone in the wines, the wine is dead. But... The old white, you need to understand this very like, like like, slow oxidation process. It's very important in Hermitage to understand this. And, and this will happen in the wines. So what, what's usually happened is like you might have this idea because the wine is built around the fatness, the glycerol. So you might have some phase in the wine where you have a bit more deoxidation because you don't have the acidity to lift the wine up. So when you taste it, the wines might be um, a bit flabby because you don't have the energy yet because because you have the fat, but the fat hasn't melt in the wine yet. So the balance is not there yet. So, um, so it's why you need time. And, and the problem now, it's time. Because uh, for people, like you say, five years, it's, it's some time. But it's nothing. Ten years is not there yet. So you need between 15 and 20 years. But time is a problem now. But, but we can't take some shortcuts. Because if we try to... Um, to Harvest with some acidity uh, in the wines, which means that we don't have the ripeness, you lose the texture. If you stop the mallow, it's not natural, you know, you conflict. And and if you stop the mallow, then you need to add uh, some SO2, or you need to, it's it's not the idea. So you need to go through, I will say, this natural process like very long fermentation because it's natural yeast, because we have a lot lot of sugar to start with. So fermentation might last for six months, easy. And then we need to spend time in bowels and maybe kind of like, I won't say oxidized, but in a way oxidize everything that needs to be oxidized. Boom, so that's finished. And then you bottle the wine with some, don't want to say with some age, but it's like bottled. Um, so it's not the crispy, jovial um, wine. No, it's the, the opposite. But then you need time. And um, either you drink it right away because you will be charmed by the texture. When the White Hermitage is very young, it's, it's like beautiful aromas of white flowers, acacia, like a bit of honey and... and um, you you have like um you have the balance actually because you feel this idea of minerality. We don't have much acidity, but things work out well. But then after five years, then you start to be in a phase that is a bit more difficult. Even if I think now in it's easier than in the past, because in the past I don't want to say we compromise now, but but there are ways in the winemaking where you could, like, maybe make the white hermitage a bit easier in the meantime, yeah, you know. Um, but then otherwise, you need time mm-hmm. and you need these ten, fifteen 15 years.
0: So, in a way, it's almost like you need to harvest it with the fruit, but then you need to wait for the fruit to disappear in the bottle.
2: Yeah, you, you need um, the flesh to to melt, you, you know, it's this idea of, uh, carving, you, you know, you take things out, you, you start with, with, the um, with the product, with the richness and the product and time we will, will uh, carve well, and take things away, take this, um, baby fat away. And, and then, then the wines, you will, Come down to to the spine, you know, of of the wines, and and then it's not that you will have more acidity with time, but actually you will feel the acidity more, because what was hiding the acidity uh, had disappeared. Um, so because we start with low acidity, but but the the flesh hides a bit this acidity, but. But with time this will disappear and and then you will reach a different balance.
0: Because what I've seen in wines that are about thirty years old, like early eighties, Hermitage Blanc from Chave, like eighty one, eighty-two, uh eighty-four, uh, there's like a, a green winter mint. Like a like a cool mint, mint flavor. And I um that I didn't see that earlier. I didn't see that in the nineties oh. and so I'm sure like
2: now the young wines from these, like, 80s, like, if, if like, we were coming on the market with these wines, they, they won't even exist. They will be totally killed by the critics, by, by the market. I think now it's easier because we make, as I said, without talking about compromising, but I think we better to make the young wines more um, balanced, Okay, but, uh, but at the time, they were like, right away, the wines could be alcoholic, could be, as I said, flabby, could lack some energy. But, but you're so right, after times, these wines are fresh. That's the thing. But the beauty, I will say, about White Hermitage is like, in our history, you know, for the domain, we have very, very long Uh, time customers uh, because we um, so we export maybe let's say 60% and 40% still sold in France mainly to the restaurants in France but also we have I don't know I will say 200 families which like have been buying like every year six bottles of red uh, six bottles of white for like forever, and goes sometimes from one generation to the other. Some people wants to get in, but it's always difficult. So anyway, and um, when we started to export, in a way, the market know more the red than the white. So actually, that's why from the winery we sell the, the two wines at the same price. But when you look at uh, on the market, sometimes the red are sold more than the white. Because that's the market that right his own story. But um, this to say that when the Rhone wines became more uh, famous, they got more famous because of the red, not because of the white. And um, it's why I love these old customers, because they've been like, we have such a good relationship with them. And they say, okay, for, I don't know, for Christmas, I'm going to open a 78 white Uh, Like they have all these old vintages and and, and they know when to drink them, which is very difficult um, on the export market because it's a different kind of business. So that's the thing with the White Hermitage. It's like people who like the White Hermitage, either they like or they don't like, but if they like, it's really their wines. Um, And I I like this idea um, because they like them for what they are. And, and we can change the profile of these wines. So are very important for me not only to keep it, but maybe like even to go even deeper in this idea. So it's why slowly, even for the whites, we um, we keep the wine in bowels for a longer time. And uh, recently we've built a new cellar, and this will help us to keep the white even longer in bowels, up to... Um, Maybe three years. Um, that's which is totally against you know, the the rules and the taste. But I, I think we need to be to keep this uh, to be very specific, and not to um, yeah to compromise with the white Hermitage.
0: How does Marsan and Roussan, How do they react to Lees?
2: So first of all, it's very new that we talk about Marsan and Rusan. It's only started in the 60s. Before that they had white. White grapes. In our family we talk about roussette. They were like Marsan and Roussan but they say Rousset. I don't know why but pe- people have no idea of having two grapes. You know because the, the vines to, for white Hermitage are very old. Um, they're like 100 years, and we've been saying 100 years for, <laughs> forever, <laughs> for a long time. So very old. I, always, uh, I was always told that they were uh, 100 years old. So anyway, they were planted at the time when people didn't know about the grapes. They were just using cuttings from some vineyards to replant other vineyards. And actually, it's all like co-planted. And even for us, it's very difficult to tell which one is which because after 100 years, they all look so different no matter what. They ripen at the same time and they all like so many virus, so many like imperfection. So they all look different anyway. So um, it's only it's only started for us huh? in the 60s when they started like at the Domaine de l'ermite. when... Um, the owner at the time who was more like this idea of being an aristocrat who had like more like studied and, and like was thinking of things that um, a peasant wasn't like really thinking because they were only like doing like farming the always, always the same way.
0: He was an Irish guy, right? Yeah, Irish guy. He had a bunch of houses in different parts oh, of the world. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um. And so he's the guy who, who started to, uh, in Lermit to uh, plant some rows of Marsan and rows of Roussan. So uh, now we have these vines. They're about yeah 50, between 50 and 60 years old, Roussan and Marsan. But that was new. I will say, say though, that White Hermitage, the base is the Marsan. The Marsan gives really the... The, the aging potential. The Roussan is more, has more charm. It's, it's, it's really help when the, vine, the wine is younger, uh, maybe, but the, um, the power is given by the Marsan. So actually what we do, because we graft ourselves, and when I graft, I don't know if we do graft Marsan or Roussan, we, we take cuttings from the Rokul to change the vines that needs to be changed in the Rucoul, So. What's come from the rocoul go back into the rocoul. So, but but we don't. We I don't think of um, of, of grapes. So I won't talk about grapes actually, uh, because I think the soil in that case is more important
0: than the grape. And that's limestone, limestone and sand.
2: Yeah, yeah. Maison Blanche is uh, the soil is loose. The soil that was brought by the wind. Um, so um, so that's the thing. I think. Um, the, From the winemaking part, for sure, it's like lees, very important because these wines, again, because of this low acidity, they always have this oxidation concern. So the lees is very important to keep the wine fresh uh, during the élevage. So we use a lot of lees. And because we're not concerned about, I would say, reduction, uh, because we don't reduce much or oh, we're not concerned about this pure, clean aromas because it's not a fresh wine to start with, I'm not afraid to use uh, leaves.
0: And you age it in the 228-liter barrels? Yes, yeah. And you like it after three years in the wood? I like
2: it after like, um, okay, three years. So far, it's not three years. It's more like uh, two years. We'll see how far we can go. Maybe it's not the solution, who knows, but uh, but, uh, long aging in bowel is good, yeah.
0: How long does a ferment on a wine like that take? It takes,
2: um, the beauty with white Hermitage is like, I guess it's impossible to make white Hermitage if you're an enologue, because it's everything like against the the rules. Um, It's low acidity, and the enology is all about acidity, and it's long ferment. So long ferment is like usually what you are afraid of because, um, because, you know, everything could be possible. So sometimes we even have the mallow before the sugar. And I mean, it's like totally against the rules. Um, so it ferments for like, it depends on, on the vintage. It could be fast, it could be six months, it could be a year of fermentation. Very slow ferment. A year. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, yeah. I had few vintages that fermented for, um, yeah, for one year.
0: And that's because of the sugars. It's a that's because of the sugar. But this,
2: the beauty in Hermitage, we have the Vendepaille, which is like you take the Hermitage extreme. And um, fermentation for Vendepaille could be five years, ten years. Sure, sure. I, I still have um, uh, 2,000 Vendepaille in barrel. Uh, because the wine's been fermenting forever. So um so yeah, it's totally against the rules.
0: Did doing the Vendapie teach you something about doing the the regular Oh totally.
2: Because the Vendapie tells you really because everything is so extreme, so it tells you a lot about what what you have. You know, like like the quality of the natural yeast, for example. Because um, the quality of, um, of, of the grapes, because I think it's so extreme that this works well in the Hermitage. So it tells a lot about the quality of the grapes and the soil of Hermitage for the whites.
0: Did that reflect back through the red too? Did you start to learn things from doing the Vindapai that you implemented into the red?
2: Not really, except that in 2003, which was totally extreme, we took the risk right away to let things go because we knew that the yeast like for pie, we could with our natural yeast could go up to 16% alcohol. And um, so it tells you a lot, you know, about the potential of your natural yeast. If you start to use commercial yeast, if they're been selected to ferment at 14 or 40 percent they will stop no matter what, you know. Um, so this is interesting to know what you have.
0: That's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and so do you age the Vindapai like Vinsanto in like small barrels? It depends. We might to start with a big barrel
2: and, and then finish in the smaller barrels because, um, uh, you know, it's de- it depends. Sometimes it's in small barrels because we have uh, so little wines. That is in small bottles, but uh, it's usually in in a pièce, so two hundred and twenty-five barrels, and we top with um, glass, you know, or stones to, to raise the level of the wine in the barrel to keep it full. Um, but it's usually um, it's usually a two hundred and twenty-five.
0: So I've never had the pie even though I've had the Amortage Blanc many times. So what is the essence then that's kept? What do they have in? And similar from that same grape but concentrated, what remains? I think it's the texture. It's the texture that you increase this
2: idea of texture because before you have the dry wine with glycerol. So it's like a good white Hermitage always tastes sweet but is dry. You know, that's that's a good way to describe. So with the Van de Pie, you have this glycerol plus the sugar, obviously. So it's like really like. Sweet, but then you have this balance that is never oversweet. You know, it's still like it's it's still balanced, and the balance is given by the the acidity. So the volatile acidity is important too. Okay, you don't need to be very high, but you are higher and bring some uh, acidity in the wine. It's like it's all is
0: extreme. It's extreme, but but balanced. And is it true that your dad experimented with Viognier at one point? No. Um, in Domaine de l'Hermite, I told you about, the,
2: when I told you about this lord, he was an Irish lord so who planted Roussanne. He had also planted some Viognier, which clearly is not allowed in the Hermitage. So, but uh, we had made, my dad for a long time made barrel. Of Viognier, very very interesting though. But it was for the family consumption, and, and so it's like 300 bottles a year, and, and so we don't drink 300 bottles a year of Viognier from Hermitage So after 10 years, you finish by 3,000 bottles, so like I don't know. So so then we had to <laughs> we had to stop. But the um, the idea was very interesting though. It was a very like different. What is interesting though, it's a real Viognier. Because it's not like um, a clonal material. It's very, very like the real stuff. But he had um, very his own expression. Totally different than
0: Conrayeux. Because it's not on granite.
2: No, it's not on granite. And the wine was very rich. But not flabby rich. You know, like he had uh, the beautiful, uh, elegant aromas of Viognier.
0: Was there Zinfandel as well?
2: So that's me. The Zinfandel. (laughs) The Zinfandel because um, I loved California so much. And and at the time, uh, I loved Zinfandel in California because I couldn't compare with anything else. You know, like people always wanted me to taste the Syrah. But Zinfandel was unique to the place, so you couldn't compare with anything else. And and the very first time I went to California with my dad, we went to... uh, this guy called uh, Joe Swan. So that was in 80, I think in 85, went there. And um, he gave me bottles from 68, these old bottles of Zinfandel. So, and I don't know, I really loved the idea of Zinfandel. And, and they had in California, these beautiful vines, you know, like it's very old planted in the foothills. That's the Italians probably planted for during the gold rush or I don't know exactly the story. But um, so I got some cuttings just for the leaves because just for the plant itself and just planted a few uh, in uh, in the bottom part of Hermitage. But they it's like um,
0: yeah,
2: it's a disaster for the for the grapes because um, they don't they don't ripen.
0: So you also do make a white wine on granite, though under your selection label
2: yeah but that's a new uh, totally new adventure for me um that's maybe interesting but uh, i don't have the experience yet so we need some time so this is why we owned this vineyard but i sold the grapes to um to the selection uh, project that's when we bought the Domaine florentin and the Claude. they were some white so um well, We'll see, but I need some more experience before making a domain, a white domain, St. Joseph, because it's all the opposite of what we know in, in Hermitage.
0: And that purchase was a big deal for the selection label, I feel like, in terms of the future of the project. This purchase was a big deal for both for
2: the domain, because that's that was the ideas for the domain, and it really helped Selection too, because um, there was this, like, iconic, vineyard, this clo, uh, But in the deal, there were also vineyards outside the Claw. That's where good vineyards, but not like uh, the Grand Cru of Saint-Joseph. So, so these vineyards are now used for a selection. And the Claw, soon it will be a, a single, um, single vineyard bottling. But again, I, I, I want to take my time for everything I do. So, so I need more few more vintages to go.
0: But something you've introduced recently, I think, to great success, I mean, in my opinion, is the Hermitage Farkanae. I mean, it's really good. So how did that come about? This come about because,
2: uh, okay, as I said before, um, the domain, we blend wines, so which means that we always have some leftover. And the problem, this leftover was used to be sold to the big negociants, and... Now, for some reason, it doesn't really make sense, you know. So I had to do something with the wine. But it was impossible for me to make a second label because the domain the domain has to make the best wine and, and I can have like a petit Hermitage for the domain. And it was very difficult under the domain label to make a second wine because... For me, there is only one Hermitage, you, you know, like as good as possible. So then I sold the grape to Selection. And because I don't want for people to see this wine as a second wine, even if like I, I try to lose, you know, like people in my... Uh, uh, so, so I also like had some grapes from uh, two different owners that we buy. So, so then, it's, then it's another wine.
0: So you also work in the South because you make the Mancourt from Vinsord.
2: That's for um, the Selection project. So, okay, that might be confusing for people, but because at the end of the market, they look at it at the Chav wine. But, But for me, it's really important to have like, I have the domain where it's like, it's all a philosophy. It's like, it just happened that, now it's me, but then it will be someone else. You know, it's like our long history. And for the domain, everything really takes time. I think there is a great philosophy and, and um, that's something I, I want to preserve. The domain is the, the haute couture, I will say. And, and I say this in, in a modest way because it's... Um, but that's what the domain is about. Or it's like, it will be a restaurant. I will say it's my uh, gastronomy restaurant. and But then I have selection. It's my bistro. It's my uh, ready-to-wear. It's like, I. it's important for the domain, but I don't want it to be like, to be the business, like, Growing and like use the domain to sell these wines. You know the balance is very important. It was very important for the domain also to have these wines because I think we we need to optimize a bit the business now. I mean, it's, it's crazy, but that's the way it is because uh, it costs a lot of money to make a grand vin and 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 so like and thanks to sélection for me it's great. Instead of having like half a guy in the cellar, I have a full time. Cellar Master, uh, even like two, because they take care of the two projects. Instead of having like, like uh, for bottling the wine of a small machine, I have a bigger machine, which is much better, so the domain take advantage of it, like, like all for the oak. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, you know. And, uh, but also at the end, so I really want it to be separate, because it's a different idea of wine. I don't pretend at the domain, modestly, I say pretend to make the best wine uh, in in Hermitage, in Saint Joseph, or if it's not, I, I try hard to be, you know. Uh, for selection, the idea is not to make the best Saint Joseph, the best, but it's to make the best wine for what it's supposed to be. It's really like this idea for uh, wine by the glass or wine like in, in in restaurant, like in more like bistro type restaurant, is like, okay, you want a taste of Saint-Joseph? Okay, that will be a taste of Saint-Joseph. You will get a real good idea of what Saint-Joseph is about. Maybe it's not the best Saint-Joseph, but it's really, and it really will taste like a Saint-Joseph. The problem of negociant is like everything tastes the same because they are in this logic of volume, of brand, and it tastes the same. So... So that's more the idea, but in a simple way. And, and okay, Côte du Rhone, when you're a little negociant, you need some Côte Because I'm from the Rhone Valley, you need some Côte du Rhone. So um, we make Côte It's like wines from Southern Rhone, but the north of the south. It's like Vin Sobre, Querane, Rastaud, Visan. So everything is declassified into a simple Côte The idea is to make um, a good, simple wine. Like, you can drink a glass and, you know, you know, like... Uh, but really, like, I want it to... With some character. So I don't really know what it means because I'm not talking about the terroir. I'm more talking about maybe a style of, uh, uh, from a region. But that's why uh, we make Côte d'Iron.
0: Are there climents in the Rhône that you would have liked to have worked that you haven't had a chance to work yet?
2: In Hermitage, for sure, like like uh, having more hermitage in different places. We're lucky to have all the most important sites, uh, but I could have more uh, Meal or more like Bessal for sure, like vineyards have been, you know, but that's that's one thing. Um, otherwise, kotroti uh it's a whole different story because it's not really our region. It's like, you know, it's different, like it's a whole different place. No, what's close to our region? is Cornas. So I would love to make Cornas for sure. But Cornas, it's very serious to me. I mean, it really needs to be the very good vineyard of Cornas. But but at the same time, I have so much respect for Cornas. It's not like probably uh, I won't be a pushy, you know, like really like to say, okay, I want Cornas. I will, you know. I will, we'll see what happens. So no, what is exciting is this project in Saint Joseph because it's um, it's a real a real adventure actually. You have like winemakers now, they travel the world because they want to make uh wine in uh in California, in Australia, in like for me my adventure is uh, is totally local. It's next door and, and it's a true adventure actually. Because I don't know yet what the taste of Bachasson is about, like a taste of the chalet and the uh, claw is about. So that's, that's great. And he's local, like could be there every single
0: day. As a child, Jean-Louis Chav found a magic kingdom that had been overgrown. And as an adult, he's tried to rebuild it. Thank you very much for being here today.
2: Thanks so much. Thank you.
0: Jean-Louis Chav of Domain, Jean-Louis Chav, and also Selection, Jean-Louis Chav. All Drink to That is hosted and produced by myself, Levy Dalton. Aaron Scala has contributed original pieces. Before conducting this interview, I read through The Wines of the Northern Rhone by John Livingstone Learmoth, and if you are interested in an in-depth and well-researched portrait of the Northern Rhone producers, I would highly recommend that book to you as well. It helped me develop some of the questions that I asked John Louis Chave.